Welcome to The Prestige, all about films, filmmaking and film theory. Each week we pick a movie, review it, talk about it and discuss some of the ideas and themes it throws up. And as always, we'll end up with recommendations for further reading inspired by this week's film. But before we kick off, a quick catch up on what else we've been watching this week. Rob, what's been uh, on the menu? So, as I keep mentioning this podcast, we are expecting our first child very soon, so we aren't actually doing a lot, which doesn't mean we end up watching a lot of things at home. So we've been catching up on TV shows, we've started watching Vice Principals, started watching Ballers, so getting up all these different TV shows. But one that we watched yesterday afternoon, which I'd love to talk about, is the 1991 film Hook. From Spielberg, starring Robin Williams as a now grown-up Peter Pan, it is in many ways often decried as a bad film, but to me and my childhood, this was a massively important film. And I bloody loved it then, and I bloody love it now. Sam, I feel for you aren't going to be with me here. I, I'm saying nothing from my own respect. I will just say that Steven Spielberg himself has said that he regrets making it, and he'd like to see it again at some point to see if there's anything salvageable. But this is the man that made Indie 4, so we kind of, you know... <laughs> Okay, yeah. Take his current <laughs> his current output with a pinch of salt. All right, yes. What about you, Sam? This week, well, I haven't managed to get to cinema at all this week, but I did start re-watching the other night something on Netflix, TV show from a while back, is Prison Break. Now, Prison Break is very dated and very... If you've watched and liked House, then there, there is a tone to American TV shows made around 2005, and it's... It's very much in that mould. But it just got me thinking, because it made me a bit sad, because it was brilliant in the first series. I'm not saying it was brilliant TV, or it was it's necessarily a brilliant thing to watch, but it was a brilliant concept. Mm. And I think they should just have left it there, because the end of the series finishes... This is no spoiler, because it's fairly obvious that's what's going to happen. It finishes with the escape. And you think, well, that is a beautiful self-contained little series with a conceit and a payoff. Mm. And you think, well, why didn't they just stop? But they didn't. I think, unfortunately, that's, that, that's like a bit of a symptom of that era because I feel like that falls in the same category, Heroes in the same category, mm. lost a little bit, well, I think Lost got it back towards the end for the same thing. Like, you have this wonderful, this idea of high-concept TV mm. that has this, like, elevated pitch of, you know, a guy who breaks out of prison by tattooing all the plans on his body. Brilliant. Amazing idea. These days we've moved into more kind of like, you know, long-form storytelling. But there's a whole kind of period in TV where this this, this high concept was everywhere. And I think you're right. It, it doesn't do us any favours as a long-term viewer. Mm. So a li- little bit of nostalgia, a little bit of thinking, what if they'd stopped the one? But uh, that's what I've been watching this week. I will be back on... I get the feeling you're back to the cinema next week. I will say with Prison Break, I think I watched like the first two or three seasons of Prison Break. And then somehow I broke the chain, shall we say, and I've just never gone back. I think, well, I did the same. I think I only lasted the first two seasons, actually, because it was so ridiculous. I think another one that we've mentioned before here is Dexter, which is utterly brilliant. I think I've included one of my recommendations in the past, because the first series, maybe series in a bit, is this amazing concept mm. like you said and then it just goes off the rails it's the films uh, it's the films, films that are high concept but I have no idea how to end things mm. yeah I do in my my spare time help run a publishing company with one of my friends 
publishing short, sort of short stories and novels. And authors who can't end their books is the most common thing we see. Right. Knowing how to tie something off in a sort of a storied form is a skill and isn't one that is as common as people who can start a story. Yeah, yeah. It does feel like there, there, there are quite a few examples of people in, whether it's in film or in writing, that have a brilliant hook that gets you into a story. They they know how to start a story and they know how to get you invested in it. But then, like you said, maybe they haven't really thought through the whole thing. Yep. But talking of inabilities to end things, the Jason Bourne franchise. <laughs> nice segue there. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Professional podcaster, as always. Yeah. Um, we are moving on this week to uh, issue number five in the franchise, the 2016 film Jason Bourne. I remember everything. Remembering everything doesn't mean you know everything. Tell me. We've just been hacked. Could be worse than Snowden. Facial recognition got a hit. Jesus Christ, that's Jason Bourne. Why would it come back now? Jason Bourne stars, obviously. Jason Bourne, who returns from nine years off our screens. He returns now living off the grid somewhere in Eastern Europe as a what appears to be a prize fighter. He is pulled back once again into the web of CIA American spycraft by Nikki, the handler from the first few films. He comes up against new bad guys, or at least new CIA handlers in Tom Lee Jones and Alicia Vikander. You've got a new secondary asset in the form of Vincent Cassell and we've got a sort of a secondary thread running through it of a modern I suppose social network in terms of Deep Dream run by Riz Ahmed. It is I suppose you're looking at the threat these days to be more cyber crime I suppose cyber threats rather than physical threats but once again we don't have a I suppose bad guy in inverted commas we just have the CIA and their ongoing attempts to bring Bourne back into the fold or to take him out entirely. Sam, I'm intrigued to know what your thoughts are if they line up with mine on this film. Hmm. Just to pick up where you finished there, I think there, there was a review of this film that said, because there's no real external bad guy, and um, all the bad guys are within the American bureaucracy, it comes across as a bit of an HR exercise. Mm. It's just how a large corporation can't really deal with its employees. And that that was something that I know it's something that can be levelled at all of the Bourne films, but it came across particularly in this film. Um, it came across particularly that there wasn't necessarily much of a story and it was just a, a case of, well, we need, we need to deal with this personnel problem that's arisen. I mean, it starts on the border. It starts on the border of Greece and Macedonia. And I thought that was brilliant because that's what Jason Bourne is all about. Another review I saw described him as borderline superhero in his fighting but then doesn't have a clue the rest of the time. And that's brilliant because Jason Bourne is on the edge. He's neither one thing or the other. So I thought that starting the film on the border was, I think that was the best thing of the film. And it's particularly telling when you've already seen the best bit of the film in the first 10 seconds. Or the trailer. Yes, yeah. 
I, I think you can you can guess my feelings on it thus far. It just felt particularly tired. Um, there were several, well, there were good set pieces because, yeah, it's a good action film. The sequence in Las Vegas, the action sequence in Las Vegas was over the top, but then I suppose that's sort of the point because Las Vegas is. I just got a bit tired of that by the end of it. And also the use of social media, whether it's uh, it was Deep Dream or um, not necessarily social media, but media developments. So you have Alicia Vikander being able to hack into the phone remotely, things like that. They just felt a bit sort of tacked on, a bit, oh, we're going to appeal to a younger demographic. Alicia Vikander was, was good. Uh, Matt Damon was good as... He didn't seem to have changed much. He just was this this tortured character. And I think one, one of the big problems with that film was that it wasn't consistent. Because you have this idea, and we, we talked about this last week, that I felt Born 4 was more inconsistent than you did with respect to the other films. I, I, in fairness, I, I would agree it's inconsistent, but I'm okay with that. Mm. Okay, yeah. There was more of that here. In the third Born film, you have Blackberry described as an umbrella organisation over all the black ops. And then suddenly here, it's dropped down to on a level with Treadstone and Outcome and Larks. And you've got Iron Hand as the umbrella form, whereas Blackberry was before. And also in Born 4, Jason Bourne was supposedly impossible to find, and that's why they had a film focusing on Aaron Cross. But then they find him quite easily here, so that just didn't seem to make much sense. So bits of it were good, and in large part it dissatisfied me. What were your thoughts, Rob? Well, that was quite a, quite a epic rant there, Sam. Thank you for that. Um, I thought this film was aggressively stupid. <laughs> Okay. I really, really didn't like it. Um, I think that it is essentially the second film again. Right. You've got Bourne, who's brought in out of the cold, who sees someone, we've been spoilers now, sees a, a female compatriot killed. He It's wrapped up in something that's nothing to do with him, to be honest. The, the CIA think he's involved in this this leak, and he isn't in any way is pulled back into it. Through this, he discovers more about his history. He somehow manages to convince the female operative at the CAA to betray the CAA and join him. It's just... It's run out of ideas in every single way. I think that the technology on display in this film is so laughable that it ruined it for me. Now, I have in the past worked a little bit in IT security, and the things they do in this film are literally not possible, and they are using terms in the right ways that they aren't. But I think... The thing to me is like if we are if we are looking at this as a Bourne franchise and we've got to look back at that very first Bourne film, which I do think is the best of all of all the five we've seen, the very first one is the best. That was a very small, intimate film in which you know the big sort of conclusion is him fighting one asset in a field somewhere. And in this you've got Michael Bay levels of driving a truck through the streets of Las Vegas. Like the the whole point of these agents in theory was that they were invisible operatives operating underneath the radar, the black ops. Now I know I'm not military, but it feels to me that driving a SWAT truck through Las Vegas, knocking guy, is not Black Ops. This is this is a Michael Bay film under a different name. It was just stupid. I didn't like half the characters in it. I didn't l- understand the motivations of people like 
Elizabeth Vikander, where on one side she's on Bourne's side, but then next bit turns around and betrays him. Tommy Lee Jones was all right, but he's Tommy Lee Jones. You know, it's not hard to do that. Vincent Sell, an amazing actor, massively underused in this film. Nikki Parsons was literally brought back to be killed. She, she didn't do anything beyond hack into a CIA agency. You've got these two CIA agents, Nikki Parsons and Matt Damon, who are theory trying to live off the grid, but neither of them have changed their appearance at all. They've got to understand that there is this tracking cameras, you know, facial recognition. This isn't hard to produce. But they thought, you know what, I'll go and disappear from the real world, but I will look exactly like I always have. You know, Nikki hasn't even dyed her hair. Like, Matt Damon, grant you, hasn't got a lot of hair left. He just does what he does. But, you know, grow a beard. It's just, it's just dumb. And for a film that was was meant to be a, I suppose, intellectual reaction to the more dumb action films, this is just another dumb action film. Right. <laughs> I love the way that I was trying to pull punches a bit and not be too hypercritical after I didn't really like the film in kind of a, well, what will Rob think? Let's be balanced. And you've just thrown that out the window. You just thought, no, no, it's just terrible. <laughs> we often said on this show that we don't seek to take out films and genuinely i want to like every film i see because it's two hours of my life i want to enjoy that film mm. it makes me sad when i see a bad film but i don't think that will preclude us from actually saying this is a bad film you know, i wanted to like this because i like matt damon i like so many actors in this film i like the director film and overarchingly i suppose i do like the idea of born as this kind of spy out in the cold surviving off the grid i like the idea of a born character i want to like these born films i just didn't it was just stupid mm. i suppose there's something there that you made you made several really good points about how terrible it was. <laughs> well, the good points was it just me ranting. And one one of the points was how um black ops this is, mm. and like whether I mean I don't particularly like the fourth film, but it ends in quite a low key way with three people riding two motorbikes through a warehouse and they finish the other guy off almost by accident. Mm. Or you have the first film where, like you said, you have two people fighting out in a field. And yet here you have two people crashing into the lobby of a hotel in a SWAT truck and a car. Yep. And you think, yeah, this is a bit too obvious. Now, you see, I, I am prepared to give him credit and say, well, he's making a point because this takes place in Las... Although it actually doesn't... Interestingly, it's not Las Vegas, it's actually called Paradise, because for tax reasons you can't have big money-making enterprises in Las Vegas itself. Yeah. Anyway, that's by the by. That's what you get from watching CGP Grey videos. It, it, this is taking place in the Las Vegas precinct, and therefore any over-the-topness would, I suppose, kind of make sense a little bit. But if that is the case, then why have they gone to Las Vegas in the first place? Yeah. Why is there this big flashy ending? Shouldn't they they've gone to somewhere different to have the showdown? And actually, well, right at the end, you have Matt Damon and Vince Cassell in a sewer, and it, you can't really see anything, and it's maybe a bit of an overlong fight scene, but that's the sort of thing that they should have more of. 
because that's what Born is about. Born is about two people in semi-darkness fighting in a sewer. Yes. It's not about two people chasing each other the wrong way up a Las Vegas strip. This is where we get into what I call the franchisation of these movies. And every movie, like this, as this series has gone on over those five films, it's just swung closer and closer to the mainstream, and they've got less and less inventive. You know, the first film was like it was a kind of out of nowhere, completely left field decision with a film. You've got it's low key. It's not about you know having Bond babes and nothing against the actress playing Marie. She's a good looking lady, but it, it isn't a Bond babe. It isn't piles of gadgets. It's real. Well, it's gritty. Whereas in this, you're moving towards much. I mean, yes, there aren't the gadgets you've got with that first one. But at the same time, that it's much more of a mainstream action film that's gonna end with a set piece. Uh, he says in inverted commas, a second unit blowing the world up set piece. Mm. And because you've got to make the threats credible each time, suddenly we've gone from the very first film when you've got one CIA director trying to bring in his rogue agent, the one agent in that later to this film where you've got the CIA are trying to clearly put together some sort of international worldwide spying program to cover everyone's mobile phones. You're working in a global scale. Mm. But once you spend a certain amount on a film, the world has to be on the line. You can't spend £100 million on a film and not be about saving the world. Mm. Because that's how Hollywood goes with these things. And I just suppose I miss, as you say, with, with, whilst I, the fourth one was a, a diversion from the series, I liked that it became not about saving the world it became about one person's journey and his relationship with someone else whereas this once again we're back to Bourne being this superhuman who knocks out fighters with one punch and then goes on to save the world and it just felt like I don't know it just felt dull it just felt like any other action film that I could pick off the shelf mm. but I think that's a product that's a product of the franchise it's a product of this kind of Bourne going from being an outsider to being a mainstream franchise yeah that you come to this fifth film you spent 120 million pounds and if i if i was to just quickly pull up the um info on the first one i'm going to probably bet the first born film was a lot smaller than that had a budget of 60 million double the budget of the first film Hmm. I've looked at the comparable takings of them, and Born 5 has, is not down on the others, but you think, well, relatively, they've spent twice the money and only made the same amount. Hmm. That's the thing. At this point, you've got brand recognition. Like The fifth Born film is not going to fail. They've taken all the bits, you know, that, that people like, you know, you've got Born being Born, you've got... You know, it is a mainstream film, a mainstream film is successful, but the reason why they're mainstream is successful. But as a both a cinephile and as a bit of a, a film reviewer, I just want it more interesting. Like I could go and see this kind of action film every day of the year. Mm. There's always an action like this. Born was something different, something better, something, something a, bit, a, bit, a bit more, I say the word intellectual, but something a bit more unique. And it feels now like it isn't. It's just another action film. Mm. You know, I keep talking about the end scene, but the amount of people they must have killed in that car chase. Yeah. You plow through. There must have been hundreds of casualties for that, you know. If something like that happened, let's say, if there was a, a real world, a SWAT, that would be worldwide news. Mm. And it just, it felt the realism that we had early on has gone. And then, obviously, from my point of view, the technology side of it, her hacking into the phone, that isn't going to happen. There is no way that works. You can't hack into a phone just because it isn't behind a way. And it just, it just, like, it was just dumb. It was just so dumb. Mm. 
I suppose that, and that's something that in a work of fiction, you can't say, well, that's dumb and would never happen. But what you can say is, that would never happen at the time that is being portrayed. And it's made very clear that this is 2016. If they said, this is 2046, and we can now do this stuff, Hmm. or technology has advanced, this is five years in the future, and maybe we're speculating that that's something that could be done, then then that, that's a valid route for the film to take. But you're right, it is dumb, because it's supposed to be up to the minute technology you can use. And I think the thing is, you've got something like Mr. Robot on TV, currently, which is about hacking culture and about hackers, and the technology in that is right. They spend a lot of time making sure that the technology they use is correct, and can actually be. I mean, there are small, like you know, having access to this building and that kind of thing. But the technology and the commands is all correct, and that is one of the most sort of thrilling shows on TV currently. Like you can make this stuff real and still be exciting. Mm. You don't need to invent these things. And it just felt it felt like cybercrime is the new hot watchword. You know, it's and the film. I mean, the film like felt like it was trying to say something about the, the big debate in it. It was privacy versus security, mm. but it didn't say anything about it. It you, know, you had the Riz Ahmed character, who I, I really like as an actor, who was supposed to be this kind of Mark Zuckerberg, Silicon Valley type, who had sold out his network to the CIA, and was now, now having doubts. But I don't think we're supposed to like him because he clearly sold out to the CIA in the first place. And it just felt like they were trying, they, they wanted to have this kind of, ooh, but we're talking about privacy versus security. But we've got nothing to say about it. Here's an explosion. Mm. Uh, just, there was a smart version of this film out there somewhere. We didn't get it. Yeah. But Sam, save us. Some recommendations. Yes. My first one is thematic. And you wouldn't think I've still got thematic recommendations five films into the series. But it did come to mind as a spy movie and it's a spy movie where I mean I, I don't know as, as much as you do about technology there was nothing to me that stood out as completely ridiculous in it and it's the 2010 film Salt mm. Philip Noyce directs it it's got Angelina Jolie it, it's it's mainly an Angelina Jolie vehicle it's got Liv Schreiber in as well but she is really interesting as well, you don't know what she is. Is she a double agent? What's happening? It, it's one of those films where you see the trailer and you think, oh, that looks interesting. And I bet they've put everything interesting in, in the trailer. And then you watch the film and the film's even better than the trailer, which is not something you can say for for many films made nowadays. So it's 2010 film Salt is my first one. Uh, my second recommendation is Actor Linked. And it's um, Alicia Vikander, who I think she wasn't really used in the right way in this. Alicia Vikander can be much better than this. Um, she's given a good script to work with. And she was very good in a film from the very end of last year, beginning of this year, The Danish Girl. It was a Tom Hooper film starring Eddie Redmayne, whom the jury's out on Eddie Redmayne. I'm never sure whether he's amazing or not. He was very good in Cuba Ascending. Oh yes, you're you're one of the few people in the known universe who think that's a good film. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> he was he was he was all right, but Lucy Vikander was was much much better than him, and she got nominated for best supporting actress, and he got nominated for best actor, and 
It should have been the other way around. I don't understand it. But anyway, that's my second recommendation this week. Fair enough, fair enough. I have gone for actors as again as we have been in the last few episodes. But So I mentioned earlier that I felt uh, Vincent Cassell was underused in this film, and I stick by that. But I think if you want to see Vincent Cassell at his best, you kind of need to go back 20 years and go to a film called La Haine, which is a French film. It's over 24 hours, about three friends in Paris in the aftermath of a riot. It is everything that every British urban film wishes it could be. It is the trendsetter, it is the pinnacle of, of urban, with a very French twist in it. So if you haven't seen it, it is a it is a certainly a filmatic experience, but La Haine, and it features one of the best steady cam shots, maybe, maybe even a dolly shot, that I've seen in a long time of Vincent Cassell in, in a police station. But it is it is so good and it's unless you're into film sort of films I didn't know about it until I did my film degree. It's the sort of thing that isn't generally publicly uh, talked about, but it's a very, very good film. La Haine or The Hate. Great. And second one? Second one, I've gone from the actor who played Tommy Lee Jones' second in command, Ato Essendo. All the way through the film, I was like, I know you. I know you. Where are you from? And he plays a character in the 2012 and onwards TV series Elementary, taking the Sherlock Holmes story and putting it in New York with Lucy Liu as Watson and Johnny Lee Miller as Sherlock. Atto plays a reformed car thief who is Sherlock's sponsor in his drug rehabilitation program. He's very good in it, but the show is itself, to me, is the best modern interpretation of Sherlock. I think the British, the BBC one is terrible. I didn't like much of the um, Robert Downey Jr. movies, but this one is is the one that I really, really will hang my hat on and think is uh, is very, very good. If you haven't checked it out, I really recommend it. It is John Lee Miller is very acerbic and funny. Lucy Liu is Lucy Liu and he's brilliant at everything she does. So, yeah, elementary. Can I just remind everyone that when Rob says the BBC Sherlock is bad, he is also the one who likes Jupiter Ascending. I'm just putting that out there. That's fine. That's fine. Like, I, I have no problem being alone in these things. You give it time, people will look back at Jupiter Ascending as, as a modern classic. And I know it's the BBC version of Sherlock is just dull, basically. I just didn't. I, I've watched like three of them, and they're all pretty obvious, and I just got really dull. Well, you can't always be right. You say that, and yet. <laughs> so, having completed the the Bourne franchise as it stands today, what's next, Sam? Next, we are moving on with a trilogy. I don't know how much of it I've seen actually, um, and I've certainly seen the first two. I've probably seen the third one, but in any case. It was a long time ago for all of them. So it'd be interesting to go back and see what we make of them now. I don't know how recently you've seen them. It is the series starting in 1999, The Matrix. Excellent. If you want to find us online, you can find both of us at Prestige Podcast. You can find just me at Life underscore Academic. And you can find just me at Rob Kaiju. Until next week, goodbye. Bye. Best
Prestige is a Kaiju Industries production. Check out their other work at facebook.com forward slash Kaiju Industries. Rawr!